Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Today's guest is an advocate for queer and Aboriginal lives, as well as safe spaces, mental health, neurodivergence, and people with disabilities. They express their activism through performance as a trans, non-binary, queer and Aboriginal creator, going into the darkest corners of their mind and the world to create art out of it, mixing sexy with strange, pride with shame and love with hate. Healing art is often confronting and the art we create is a pathway through one to the other. No one knows this more than my incredible guest today, Miss Foria. How are you? Kaya, I'm I'm well. I'm sweaty and well. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweaty and well too. That definitely seems to be the energy of 2023 yeah. is just sweat. Yeah. That's okay. It's a good time. Stay <laughs> totally. moist. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tagline of this whole season. Hashtag stay moist. <laughs> um, so I would love to start with what I always pretend is the only question on this show. Mm. For you, why performance art? Oh, um, I think... <laughs> the first thing that popped into my head when you asked me was like when I was growing up as a child um, and a teenager, I needed to move a lot. Like there was a lot of mm. um, the way that I released things a lot was through movement and um, especially being like neurodivergent and having like tics and having all those kinds of things. I think finding a way to deal with things through movement was like always going to be something that I mm. did. Um, and outside of drag, you know, I'm, I'm a drummer and I play in a band and um it's just anything that's movement for me because it's um, just sitting with those feelings and processing them internally isn't enough for me. Mm. So finding ways to express them um, is seems to be what heals for me and I find quite often heals other people along the way. Um, so I just, yeah, it's just the best. <laughs> <laughs> Putting art into the space for like your own purposes and for the purposes of others is like quite a raw way to express and to feel art. Mm. Um, do you often like find like a barrier between um, your audiences like and yourself or do you, you've really torn that down with your incredible work, haven't you? Well, I try to. Yeah. Um, I, I never expected the audiences and the rest of the performance community to receive me in the way that they did. Um, mm. I think I was very naive and I was very like, I'm just going to do this for me and like no one's really going to care and it's just going to like, I'm just going to be that weird one on the lineup that does weird things um, <laughs> around all the like camp queens. Yeah. And I was fine with that. But then, yeah, like as soon as I started from day one, I just got the most incredible reflections, stories, experiences um, and connections to my work. And it honestly, it drives me to keep going because like I do what I do for me, but knowing that I can get that out of other people and provide something for them in that way 
And I get things back after every time I appear anywhere or even when I post something. Like, mm. So, yeah, that's very much – I think there is a very special connection between me and the people that see me and there is no barrier and I very much like delve into their kind of – present space as well as their psyche a little bit um mm. and I really adore that I really do an incredible <laughs> amount of emotional labor that then obviously goes on top of just performing how do you do with that um I think the I just kind of I need to find ways to separate misphoria from MJ mm. um but not in so much of like an identity sense because in a lot of ways I just am misphoria because misphoria is like an extension of my psyche yeah. and my and my, um, you know, experiences. But I think um, going directly into and kind of creating a little net around MJ space and just like kind of feeding that um, and keeping it separate from misphoria because I did go through a lot of, you know, identity crisis and imposter syndrome and I still do like where I'm like, oh no, you have to be misphoria all the time and you've got to be like, as bad as that bitch is all the time. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm actually like really tired and, de- and depressed <laughs> and I can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to separate the two, but you can still have elements of both. But as long as you're safeguarding it, like. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's an important word. Yes. Yeah, to yeah. safeguard that. Safeguard. Do you remember Miss Foria's like first performance? I do. Um, what was it? I booked it for myself. <laughs> We love to see yeah, it. Yeah, which I was like, that's a slow. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to like debut somewhere that I can't control. Yes. Um, oh, I feel that. Yeah. yeah. And I being an event um, organizer for like the last five or so years mm. was like, okay, I'm going to just create an event and I'll just like secretly throw myself on there. <laughs> um, so I did that and I, <laughs> it was for part of um, – like WA Music Festival. Mm. So I did not think about the fact that there would be a lot of people there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there was about two to 300 people. Holy crap. And I headlined, um, which I at the time thought was such a good idea. I think it was because mm. I was so like into myself at the time. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to headline. And I um, I do believe it was Serenity um, Bonvada who was actually was emceeing and mm. like introduced me and supported me. And we've literally been like side by side ever since. Um, and yeah, the crowd, literally everything I did, the crowd ate it. And I was just wow. like, I did not expect that. I thought everyone would just be like, what the hell is going on? What is in the space? <laughs> what was the act? It was, so I did GUI by Lady Gaga. Nice, of yes. course. Um, and it was an act about like wanting to be... Um, like in in a sexual sense, wanting to have the power that the man seems to have. Mm. Um, so it was like classic misphoria, me coming out in my, you know, androgynous look with my strap on reveal. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had to like run backstage and put this strap on on and I'd left it on a chair ready to go. And I went back and it was gone. <gasps> and I was like, I have 20 seconds to find it and put it on. Someone and stole my dick. Uh, someone stole my, someone stole my cock. Um, and so I, I just hear serenity like for ya, it's over here. It's over here. So I'm like shoving this on. And then I just had to walk out and like, just own that moment. Like nothing happened, but oh that God. was, that was 
the highest stress of my life. That is so <laughs> stressful. And then you have to do the switch. Yeah. As you're like yanking this thing yep. on, being yep. like, and now I'm changing. Yeah. And human. I had to like, because imagine if I didn't get it on and just walked out. No reveal. It was a trick. <laughs> but honestly, Miss Foria would do that. Miss Foria would fake a reveal yep. all the way. Uh-huh. Like, and just be like, and look at the nothing. Fuck nothing. you for thinking there was anything yep. here. You, you think I'm not lazy? No, <laughs> I ain't got time for this. But <laughs> This is, it's, well, because like you are so entrenched in performance art too what I love about it is being like no you're supposed to think that that's what it is yeah how dare you this is your fault I'm constantly tricking my audience I think that I leave them I've actually got the comment like I equally feel really aroused and really traumatized and frustrated <laughs> and I'm like and I was just from some random in a club and I was like that's the goal thank you that's, that, that's my new bio thank you so much that's all I want <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing um yeah. you say you when you're tricking your audience is it the well, we just made a joke about it, but the art of the, like the switch, what their expectations are, isn't necessarily where you meet. But how else do you do that? I think it's grown and changed a lot as I've developed because when mm. I first started, I was very much doing like the androgynous thing, like elements of both genders, and then I was kind of trying to incorporate no gender because mm. that's how I identify. And um, I think I went through a really bad dysphoric period where I was like, everyone's expecting me to come out looking femme but surprising them with mask things. Uh. Like, so doing the, you know, really femme looking, walking out with a strap on or like stripping down and I've got like a a hairy chest and like a button down shirt. And I was like, I really don't want to, I never ever in my life and especially in my art want to be predictable. Mm, Like that's, I think that's like the, my biggest fear as a performer is becoming predictable. Mm Um, yeah, I really want to give something different to every performance and I've been booked for like certain numbers and stuff, but every time I get a show, I incorporate my act around that show. Like I pretty ah, much come up with a new number every time. Wow. <laughs> um, that's which, not a lot of work at all. <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm torturing myself, but it's for the art. Um, that's why my bio says tortured artist, but yes. like the torturing is all me. Like I'm doing it to myself. Yeah, don't worry. You as an audience is safe. This You're is all on safe. me. safe. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so I think um, just in, in the easiest way to say it, um, I just don't ever want to be predictable and I want to give the audience something new every time that will make them kind of question things. Just I want them to question things and see things from a new perspective. Oh, that's um, so interesting. Instead of just doing physical tricks, yeah. I want to have like psychological and like social tricks as mm, well <laughs> totally and as somebody you mentioned that you've worked in events for a really long time yeah. um how do you balance like trying not to be predictable with like marketability because often like when you're hiring somebody you're hiring them for what you predict they're about to do on stage so how do you balance those two it is a bit difficult but like the way that I've gotten to thinking about it is like I don't want to be booked by anyone or any show that doesn't know what I'm about and doesn't get me. Mm. Um, like I'm not going to go and do, you know, I- I've decided I'm not going to do like any more, I don't know, like burlesque showcase shows because yes. like at the end of the day that's not my craft. Yeah. Um, and that's fine, like totally respect that and I absolutely adore the times I've had in those spaces mm. because they've been beautiful and loving and give you the experience that you need. Um, But I think I've just kind of, yeah, with the marketing, I've nailed it down to like if someone doesn't go through what I'm doing and like even just go through my socials and stuff and like 
I want them to, I don't want them to just get it straight away because that's just not going to happen. <laughs> um, um, but I want them to ask questions and mm. to be curious and to like actually open a dialogue with me instead of just being like, oh, Miss Foria, like, you know, the clown that gets the strap on, easy, like we'll book that. Right. I yeah. want them to like chat to me and be like, here's a show I'm doing. What are your thoughts? Like tell me a little bit about your process kind mm. of thing. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of how I balance that. There's a call out to any aspiring or high, any people wanting to hire the incredible talents of Miss Foria. Ask questions. Ask, I'm pretty much down <laughs> for anything. I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, I've got limits, <laughs> but there's not many. <laughs> but an open dialogue between um, producers and artists that they're booking isn't something that happens as much anymore in terms of like being like, what is your process? What would you like to put on the stage? How can we work together? It's more just like, send me a video of your act and I will book said act. Like you're very black and white like that. Yeah, I think, um, and that's fine in a lot of ways because obviously there are a lot of performers that Mm. prefer that method and that's so fine. But um, I think I'm very in tune and very passionate about the underground and the alternative Mm. and those kinds of scenes. Like that's why I love, you know, places like Cherry Bomb so much because you can literally do anything on that stage and everyone will just live for it and there's (laughs) always a spot for you. Yeah. and that's kind of how I started. I was being, I was booking myself in for Cherry Bombs like every week and I <laughs> loved it. And that's how I met a lot of my alternative friends like uh, that I have in the yeah. scene. So I think um, like I want to keep in- encouraging that so that we can actually like kind of nourish and like build upon the alternative scenes because they're just so cool and important mm. and like on also like these methods of booking are so much more accessible for a lot of people because um, it's just not the same, um, you know, book and secure method for everyone. Also there's like, you know, accessibility things and mm-hmm. like themes and stuff that you've got to take into account. So yeah, I think I'm, I, with my page throwing every producer off their, <laughs> off their feet, just being like, what the hell is this? Um, and why do I want it so yeah, bad? Yeah, but why do I want it? Um, <laughs> I'm actually trying to encourage them to, yeah, like delve into the alternative space and help, help me uplift it. Yes. Amazing. Um, yeah. what is it that drew you to, besides obviously Cherry Bomb being the incredible powerhouse that it is for mm. alternative arts, uh, what else has drawn you into that scene? Um, I think that's that's just where I felt at home. Mm. Like um, I, I've definitely like when I was younger, I remember going to like drag shows and stuff with my mom or mm. like um, things like that, and like I loved it. I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. Um, I never expected myself to get into drag or performance art. Ah. Um, I always thought I was just going to be a musician, and that's all I was going to be. But when I started growing into my identity and learning more about like who I was, I, I just had this craving for like more ways to express this. And I found that a lot of the people I connected with who had the same feelings were part of that kind of scene. And when I would go into that scene with them or talk about that scene with them and things and put myself in there, I, that's where I felt like understood Mm. and I didn't have to question anything. I didn't have to like I didn't have to mask. I didn't have to like hide anything. Um, yeah. And I can talk about my concepts and my ideas and my themes and people will just be like, that's amazing. Or like even throw out ideas of how they can help or things and people you should contact or look into. And that's what I love about it is it's very, even though it's small, it's very close and everyone has each other's back and like 
you know um, what everyone's about and you just support it. Like, and sometimes even blindly because you just, because <laughs> you know that we need more of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's really become a home for me. And in music, I play in the punk scene and that's kind of the same energy. I think it's just like has the same values that I have and makes you, just makes you feel like a little weirdo at home. <laughs> Do you think that their world of music directly influences Miss Foria as a performance artist too? I think sometimes, but I do surprise myself like music wise, especially playing music. I definitely have a, an acquired taste and what uh, an acquired um, talent to what I go towards. And then when I pick songs for Miss Foria, they're very different. Mm. Um, but I think it's because mainly I don't have to perform them like the music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I just play the track and that's <laughs> a lot easier. Um so yeah, but I think I really, when I choose my songs, go towards um, what what is kind of the sound of what I'm feeling and what is the sound of what I'm portraying. And then I'll go towards that and I'll look at some of my favourite artists and then I'll kind of look around in there. And when I find something that matches the feeling or matches the theme or the or the story, that's when I'll like know that's my track. I love the idea of like, trying to translate a feeling into a sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like when people thing, yeah. are like, oh, well, you know, if you had a song that explained how you feel right now, you know, like what would it be? Or mm. like meme pages and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of that, but um, <laughs> with a lot more trauma. <laughs> <laughs> the meme page added trauma yeah. equal Miss Warrior. <laughs> Pretty much. There we go. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have created some absolutely incredible pieces of work that – Oh my god! Um, my brain mushes all together into like this one glorious creature now. <laughs> yes. but a lot of them tackle and work in social justice issues. How do you pick a specific issue or moment in time to focus on? Because that's quite a hard thing to do. Yeah, I think um, I definitely uh, because I'm the one performing it. I try and approach it from a personal point of view um, because at the end of the day, like I can't portray or perform on the experiences of other people. Mm. But um, like shared experiences are what I tend to go for because I also want to go back to that, you know, audience connection and, yeah. and further connection and stuff. And sometimes like the photos I post or the like content that I create will look like it's just cool, creepy content, but there'll be like a message behind it that I will explain and um, that's when I get all the people coming in saying like, oh my God, I resonate with this so much or I felt this so much. And I'll often be performing and I have to like kind of stay in this character, but I'll see people in the audience like reacting and like feeling what I was feeling when I put it together. And mm. you can see it in each other. Like I look at them and they look at me and like, I'm like, I know that you know what I'm doing right now. And um, so, yeah, I think I choose based on like, personal experience and also like what is it that the community needs right now like mm. um a lot of my performances will kind of serve a purpose for like what I feel is being lacked in the community or not ah. touched on so staying really in contact and in connection with the local art scene is incredibly important then yeah and with us as like as communities and as people's like not just queer but like um, neurodivergent mm. and disabled and um Aboriginal and um, yeah, like gender diverse. I like try and cater towards all these different parts of myself in a way that those other communities can see me and see themselves in me. Totally. Yeah. I love that. It resonates so hard. Um, 
we are going to cut to our break because you've touched on the local art scene and that's definitely something I would love to dive into when we get back. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we're back. I'm still joined by incredible performance artist, Miss Foria. And before we went to break, uh, we started talking about the local art scene, which is obviously something that you're incredibly connected with. Uh, so I would like to know, what do you think we're doing right, correctly at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> because you were, because we're going to go to the, what we're doing not right. But I'm trying to pretend. I think that's what positive. I felt. I felt yep. the dread. <laughs> I yep. was just like, hee hee. <laughs> Um, well, I brought a list. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me get my book. <laughs> um, Volume one. Yes. Uh, so I think I think what we're doing right is as a community, we are, we are definitely having each other's back more. And I think um, I can see people becoming more aware of – becoming more aware of the places where they're lacking. Um and it's like definitely not on a wider scale, but on a like closer local scale. Everyone knows everyone mm. and everyone is connected. And um, as soon as you take it kind of out of Bulu or like out of Wally Up, it's, it starts to get a little bit dicey. Yes. Um, but I think in our connected um, local scene, yeah, I think people are being more aware of like where they're lacking and what they're not educated on. And um there's a lot more recognition for, you know, like all different kinds of accessibility um, wants and needs. And um, I'm seeing a lot of shows, you know, like even when I started, which was only like nearly two years ago, mm. um, nobody asked me for like my pronouns until like my th third or fourth show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think even little things like that, like on the application forms is uh, – pronouns and like accessibility needs and like do you need a like quiet space and all this mm. stuff um which is so cool um and I think um after what you know has been happening in the last couple of years and I think also after after COVID yeah. um people realized um that they would miss it if they lost it so they yes. tended to tended to trying to nurture it more mm. I saw a lot of like love come back when the scene came back um, so yeah, I think also what we're doing right is incorporating that into shows, especially performance shows. I mm. think, um, performance shows are a very unique area of live shows because a lot of music shows are still very widely unaccessible and very, yeah, very, uh, stressful. Um, but I think performance is a lot more, uh, like detailed and intricate with those things. Um, and I think as a community, another thing we're doing right is just like looking out for each other and being mm. aware of each other. 
like I've seen a couple of artists and stuff kind of have their little um, hideaway moment where they've just needed to kind of pop off the scene for a bit and take care of themselves and you just see everyone kind of checking in and like still still inviting them places and still like pouring love onto them Mm. and stuff and people can people start to learn about you not only as an artist but as a person and they recognize like your like your signs and the way that you communicate and that's that's been so helpful for me um because I will be backstage and there'll be like 15 people getting into costume and I will sometimes just stand there and stop and freeze and be like I literally can't move right now like Mm, I will just I will just panic and all it takes is for like one of my community members um, to come up and say like, you know, hey, Foria, like, how's it going? Uh, are, you, are you okay? And I'll just be like, oh, snap back. Like, yes, I'm here. I'm present. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot more of that. I think like I'm seeing a lot of people learn about me and learn about each other and kind of watch out for each other's warning signs and kind of help each other. Yes, Which totally. I haven't, like, that doesn't happen in the music scene. It just doesn't. No. No, it doesn't. Every now and then it will, like in the queer music scene. Yes. But yeah. generally, no. No, not at all. I mean, I did uh, a metal show in Melbourne, which you're supposed to be like, oh, don't worry, Perth, you're backwards. Melbourne's got it all together. I'm not going to shit on anybody here, but here we go. <laughs> but also. But also, uh, my drummer and I in the band, we were the only femme people at all in the competition. And they are incredibly butch. So I'm like, I'm in pink and I'm going to have to get changed. And uh, then I will go mingle with everyone and then I will get changed into my costume and then I will perform and then I'll put my incredibly baggy clothes back on afterwards because otherwise I can't be here. Yep. And that was 2022. So yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> no. And it's, um, it's disappointing to see that like on a larger scale, we're not there yet. And that's why like Another thing that's good about the scene is like when you go to a show, you immediately like scan the room and find your safe people yes, and like your yep. your safe areas. And you're like, mm. I think people are getting really good at that. Like um, I'll rock up for a show sometimes, like literally I'll be on time, but I will be like panicked and I will be stressed and I'll just be like having that imposter syndrome mm. and I'll find one of my safe people and I'll all I even have to do sometimes is just sit next to them while they're yes. getting ready and yep. they don't have to say anything, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, f- I feel better now. <laughs> um, it is very that. Like, you're here? Oh, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so. That's super interesting. Sometimes yeah. I, um, quite negatively, I'll talk about, like, the fact that, unfortunately, we've gotten quite insular as a mm. community. Um, some I refer to it sometimes as the circle jerk, where, you know, oh, yeah. everybody who's in the audience will be on stage next week and we'll sort of just keep doing a swap, um, yeah. keep handing the same 50 bucks between each other forever and ever. Um, yeah. But you make a really good point there in being like, yes, there is that's like happening and we do need to work on expanding it Mm. but being able to walk into a show as a performer or an audience member and be able to find people that you're safe with in either space is super important I think I even see that in the audience like sometimes I'll go to a show and it'll be like one of those seated shows or something and I'll see in the audience like two people that I know that maybe our performers maybe aren't but Mm. they are safe people yeah and I'll immediately feel better about being on stage yeah Um, it changes the whole thing yeah it's it's in, I'm seeing that as a huge improvement in the scene, like people just kind of just kind of seeing each other and like seeing what we need in each other and kind of like, yeah, being sensitive to that. 
Yes, totally. Yeah. Being like just a little more conscious of each other's needs. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be called the isolated, like, what is it, the most isolated city yeah. ever to exist I would rather in. be though. Like, yeah. Then, like, I don't want to yeah. be like Nam. Where, like, no, you could literally <laughs> walk two streets down and no one would know who you are. Like, Totally. <laughs> but if we're going to be that, then we may as well invest in each other a yeah. little bit more because like that's our community, like directly. Exactly. I think hundreds of kilometers. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's beautiful. Mm, very, there's some goodness there. beautiful. On that, though, you also mentioned at the start that it is so insular that it just sort of hits Brulu. It Mm. just sort of hits like a very small space. Like I grew up on Wankatha Land in Kalgoorlie and it's not there. No. It was not there. And I literally only there. visited there and I was like, oh, nothing oh. is happening here. <laughs> like, no, we got a second McDonald's. <laughs> oh, slay. Okay. We did it. Never mind. We've done Never it. Never mind. We fixed it. Never mind. <laughs> we fixed the world. Um, so obviously you do not have to know the answer to this because I don't know the answer to this. Mm. What can we do as artists to try and like just push it a little bit further within Western Australia at the least? I think, I mean, the obvious one is like, booking shows um, further out, which is mm-hmm. something I'm trying to do a lot because um, I do book, um, you know, like drag and performance and burlesque and like those kinds of variety shows um, under Miss Foria. Mm. Um, I'm definitely trying to take Miss Foria into more of a producer role this year. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I've done it in little bits and pieces and like I usually put it under Plant Milk Music. But um, yeah, I was like, I also know that Miss Foria is quite a safe space for a lot of people. Mm. So I wanted to kind of put that banner over it so yeah. that I mean, we can take wave that. the flag for the incredible show yeah. that Miss Foria put on at Pride oh in my 2022. God. That was so beautiful. Oh, so oh incredible. my goodness. And definitely what like fueled that safe space for yeah. a lot of people there. Yeah. I think um I'm yeah, so like taking those kinds of shows just a, a little bit further out as we go and um engaging with like the other, you know, local communities of just like of queer people. Mm. Um because I think uh, especially regionally, uh, there's a lot of lack in connection with the queer communities um, and that also means artistically. Yeah. And um, I'll have, I've had people message me from regional areas who are like, I, I, lo- I love what you do and I've seen your shows like on, on videos and like my friends have shown me stuff but like I would give anything to see you live and like mm. it just makes my heart so sad because um, <laughs> everyone should be able to see that stuff and um it's really hard though because you don't know the areas as well and, you know, you don't know if you're going to be safe and you don't know if it's going to work out. And mm. so I think maybe like engaging with those communities first and those people and then kind of even advising and collaborating with um, different areas being like uh, we want to make this, uh, you know, queer safe event or a queer safe space but this is what's lacking and this is, you know, what we're going to need if we're going to bring that to the space. Um, so just having those open conversations. Mm. Um, I've, I've seen it a lot from the work that I do with um, Aboriginal queer youth, like advocacy. Um, yeah, they, they really are, there are spaces outside of here that are like craving that culture yes, and totally. that community. But yeah, I think, I think someone just, ha- sometimes we just got to get in there and just do the crappy work that nobody wants to do. And that's yeah. probably what I'm going to do this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the dirty, sticky stuff. I think one of the things that, like, I don't know, you might resonate with this or not, one of the things that I've learned through, like, touring um, is that so many productions and shows with incredible intentions do tour in Western Australia thanks to grants, thanks to places like mm. Circuit West, all of that good stuff, which, yes, exists and should continue to exist. Um, 
but it's very much a like blow in and blow out sort of mentality based around it. So I did all of this touring where it would be like, you only spend one week in a place. Yeah. So for one week, once a year, you expect to change the entire landscape of a a place like Exmouth or Shark Bay or something where you expect to fully immerse yourself somewhere and then you're gone. Yeah. And you don't leave a name or a number and you just sort of piss off for at least a year if you plan on coming back if it's recurring or whatever. And there's got to be something that we can do that is more long-lasting than these touring shows that don't spend a lot of time within each community because you can't affect change in that sort of time period. Yeah, I think, you know, like even if there was some way and it could be through grants and it could be through, Mm. you know, like applications to set up even like um, advocacy networks or like – groups and organizations and they can even be volunteer based if they need to be of the queer people from those areas kind of like ongoingly working on that stuff because I know that um I know that the government really does want to support uh queer stuff but the government is the government and they suck (laughs) ass yeah um so they you know um they're not you know crying out for it so Mm. it's it's us that has to do the work as as usual as we always have Mm. um so I, th- I think, yeah, like there has to be some kind of uh, way that the community can engage back and yes. kind of um, collaborate on that so that there's the ongoing work being done by the, by and for the community and then also the like um, collaboration when we can come through and kind of nourish that. Yeah, and more of a reciprocal sense rather yeah. than it just being like artists telling you something. Yeah, because yeah. they know where they're from mm. and, you know, they know what they need. It's more about um, uni- collaborating and, and communicating with them on that and then kind of seeing what we can realistically provide. Mm. And also the assumption that because you're bringing art from Perth to somewhere that is more regional, that that place doesn't already have incredibly talented like artists exactly. and creators of their own yeah. is like totally misguided. Yeah, seeing a lot of uh, like shows that go over and, oh, we're taking these people uh, from Perth to to go do a show there and it's like, okay, do you have any supports? Do mm-hmm. you have like, it should be like, yeah, maybe you'd be headlining because you're like doing a tour, but like why would you not have like a whole lineup of their acts? Totally, yeah. Because like don't you also want to see like new acts from all over the place? I do. I yeah. want to yeah, see. Yeah, if you a, don't, you've got something else to talk no. to about. Yeah, yeah I want to see them all. <laughs> mm, yes, totally. It's yeah. a whole experience and just even by doing that I mean if you want to get really upsetting about it you'll save money too yeah. uh, because you won't be bringing that band or those artists and like putting them on a plane with you because they'll already be mm-hmm. in location you can pay them fairly pay them what they're bloody worth yeah um but because you don't have all those extra travel costs associated with yeah. it <laughs> it's actually it's a great really business a win choice. win it's a really good if you want to be an asshole about it or holistic about it it's a like, win supporting local art actually benefits everyone guys yeah. Yeah, including Facts. your wallet. So at the <laughs> government, I'm telling you. <laughs> 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 the I love it. It's just like the whole government. Oh, 100 percent. It's just like I don't care who's in office, but at you now, yeah, now, currently, you know that I know that you know. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that I know that they all listen to yep. this podcast. Absolutely. My entire listener base is the government. <laughs> just the, they play it like in the office all day, every I, day. I am Mark McGowan's alarm clock. Yeah. At government, good morning. Good, mo- good, good morning. morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I just want to ask you, um, good morning, and why are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> good morning. Hi, hello. Is your salary not enough? Can are you, you just- <laughs> slaying the house down today, or are you just destroying houses down? <laughs> 
Are you mama yes god? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or are you no ma'am? Uh, the government, this isn't very pop the pussy of you. <laughs> this, is, this is very dry. Oh, I wish I could tongue pop like effectively every I time. Can't. Like what is that? Oh, oh. <laughs> damn. Oh, that was okay. I'm Don't gonna, do it again. I'm never, it'll up. be so no, bad. I'm it. never doing that it again. Was anyway, for me. That was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to edit it out because, like, my poor mum's going to listen later and then be like, I had to remove my headphones. <laughs> it was so loud. <laughs> I lost my major listener on my mum. <laughs> my mum, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay. Um, I'd love to end on something a little more positive than us mm. just adding the government because they get added enough um, yeah. and don't need the publicity. Actually, us. true. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, so what are you looking forward? You were saying that um, you're looking forward to like creating and producing more this year. Can you give us a little bit of an insight into like your dream production fantasy? Oh, no limit on expenses. Oh, God. All that stuff. Uh, I think <laughs> I just I think I would just go absolutely like crazy with it and just like I would want every alternative um weird ass artist mm-hmm. that I can find every um aboriginal performer that I can find yes. um and just like just get crazy with it and like just have so many props and mm. so many set designs and you know I I just I I I really want to get better at things like costuming and like designing and props but I'm just I'm not built that way <laughs> oh no I feel that like I try so hard <laughs> yeah. and like People, I always go to shows and they're like, oh, my God, like, girl, is that a new wig? And I was like, yes, it's like human hair and I got it for like $200. And I'm like, I got this for $5 off AliExpress. <laughs> I look crusty and I love it. Like, I would, I, I want to look cheap and crusty. Yes. Like, yeah, I'm not trying to impress anybody. <laughs> um, so I think. Um, Suspension of disbelief starts at the wig line. It really do. I don't have a wig line. Like, I just don't. I just pop that bitch on. Like, it's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think I would just, I just want to create almost like an a ongoing variety show for mm. alternative artists um, to just kind of like do whatever they want to do to the extent that they want to do it. Um, yes. Because I know there's, there's so many limitations and so many fears that like, oh, I can't do that because that's too far and I mm. can't do that because that's going to be triggering and I can't do that because it's going to push buttons and stuff yes. and like that that all may very well be true but there's ways that you can market and organize around that so that it is actually safe for everyone who mm-hmm. chooses to attend um and it's like you know it's consent you know they're they're attending because they're aware and they want to attend yeah um and I always have like warnings before my shows you know like even um, some of my tracks have very distorted and overlapping sounds yeah so I warn about that and like um you know even sometimes because I'll be throwing myself around stage and jerking around like a dying cockroach. I'll just, I'll warn about it because some mm. people might be like, that's a lot, like, yeah. and fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think I want to create a show that would be safe for the audience and for the performers that would just really push it and yes. make the most uncomfortable <laughs> variety show ever. Yes, I'm so here for that. Yeah. I think the only – I would – that would be so cool. The only thing I reckon I would add is be like – and then all of them got paid to rehearse that stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would yeah. be like my ideal version would just be like, and you were paid to practice and that'd be nice. <laughs> I'm doing my first – well, not my first, but like my first major fringe run mm. and I just like – 
I, I was like, yeah, cool. Like, that's no worries. And then they were like, okay. And you're getting paid this much for rehearsals. And I was like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Frankie. <laughs> yeah. At <laughs> Frankie Fatal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to be doing like fringe shows. And even I always do this thing every time I get booked for a show and I look at the rest of the lineup and I'm like, yep, once again, I'm the weirdest <laughs> on the lineup. I'm the weird bitch. Do and you think you could ever look at a lineup and be like, they're weirder than me. I I've would got to cry. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I'd quit. <laughs> <Step it up. laughs> I would quit. I no. I like that's where I get my power from. And then when I watch other performers, and I'm like, oh my god, they're like just like me. Yeah. That's when I'm like, I this is good. I'm meant to be here. But no, I love that. I I love bringing that energy and like. Also, people will book me to represent different things, so that's always exciting. It's always a little, it's always a little change up in what I'm doing. Mm. I'm either like traumatizing you or telling you something you need to hear. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of just and one both. or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'll get a little sexy and just you know strip for fun. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but you've really got to roll the dice and go to every single production that yeah, you're you, in to you do Yeah, you simply that. have to come to all my shows <laughs> if you want to see like all aspects. Okay, of now that's the marketing. That's yeah. the marketing right there. That's how you if do you it. If you saw me at one show and you think that's what Misphoria is, I'm telling you you're wrong. Like you have to go to another one. That's that's all it is. Seven minimum yeah. yearly yeah. for the changeover of the seasons. You can get a subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Actually though. Yes, but you have to pay in spit. Sorry. Oh. No. <laughs> oh. And on that, where can everybody find you across the socials? Um, it is at Misphoria underscore on everything. And I have a link tree that um, on my pages and it's got all my upcoming shows and all my platforms and a donation link for my top surgery and something else I can't remember. So check it out. Well, you'll find You that. tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me where I am and yeah. then I'll be there. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> Well, you'll find that link tree in the show notes today. And as always, if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favourite podcasting app or send us a question, waexposepod at gmail.com. And we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you so much, Ms. Foria, for joining me today. Thank you. Hashtag stay moist. <laughs> WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. It's like ACAB all over again. 100%. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.